to your soul with your turquoise angel guide, Catherine M. Loud, and her variety of guests on the Celestial Spoon, formerly Spiritual Destination. As an author and speaker about mental illness, Catherine has first-hand experience with mental and physical interactions and how spirituality plays a part in overcoming struggles. She utilizes her skills as a psychic medium and spiritual advisor to guide others to feel invigorated and empowered to go forward in their own struggles. Listen to inspirational conversations relating to sometimes difficult emotional journeys towards self-awareness and spirituality. These journeys brought positive effects toward her guest's mental and physical health and will inspire you to take action and create a healthier and happier personal environment for yourself and those you interact with. You will get the feeling of knowing these people during these relaxing conversations and want to follow them. Now, here's your host, Catherine M. Laub. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of The Celestial Spoon, and thank you for taking the time from your busy day to spend with us and learn about my guests. I hope you're enjoying the summer season and not struggling with that extra heavy heat like on Long Island today. It was just about 100 degrees, and um, thankfully, I was indoors. I share my journey of healing and accomplishment after a suicide attempt in 2014 to inspire others to make themselves come first and listen to their inner voice. I offer spiritual guidance to help you through your struggles. I also do psychic readings and spiritual guidance for every aspect of your life. You can learn more on my website, www.catherinemlab.com. We ask our spirit guides, loved ones, and angels to be present during our time together and to guide us through a wonderful conversation and help us share our visions with the world. I am thrilled today to be interviewing Dr. Dr. Ruth Anderson, a lifelong student, teacher, and international best-selling, award-winning author. She is a spiritual counselor providing individualized, transformational experiences for her clients using Holy Fire Reiki, energy work, and connection with the spiritual divinity, including the Divine Mother, Archangels Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. And recently, I had the honor to review Dr. Ruth's newly released book, Walking with Spirit, Divine Illuminations on Life, Death, and Beyond. We will discuss her book a little later, but I wanted to share how wonderfully written it was, and I was very happy to have been chosen to read the book. So, Dr. Ruth, congratulations on your new release, and welcome. Well, thank you, Catherine. It is such a pleasure to be with you and your listeners today. Yes, I'm excited to have you here. Um, we, we kind of run parallel on our um, direction in life and our journeys, but um, I was really, I was amazed at some of the things that you shared in your book, so I look forward to having my listeners hear all of your interesting journey. 
Well, and it's it's kind of stunning to me how free I am just writing all of it down. So there we go. Yes. It's not it's not a typical storybook, I wouldn't say. Exactly. Um, I'm going to try to remember what I wrote when I first um, told you I was reading it. Um, I said that I was enjoying reading it, and I loved the way that you made segments out of each category, and it made it so easy to make everything flow in the book. So it was, I'm very happy the way you chose to write it. It was very well written. You know, thank you. I, I tend to think in small segments rather than big, long stories. So I guess I write the way that I process information, and it's just easier for me to get a, a commercial instead of an hour-long show, I guess. They're easy-to-read little vignettes. Yes, and, and that's how it was. It was. I mean, I kept on reading each one after the other, but... You know, I, I see that people can read one little section at a time each night, and that would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You so, know, the other thing I, interesting about this book, Catherine, as I was writing it, um, so as you explained, I do work with Archangel Michael and Divine Mother and Archangel Gabrielle and Raphael and really a, a bunch of other archangels. But what was so interesting as I was writing this book is sometimes I would either get kicked out of the writing or I would just get so incredibly sleepy, either one. And the only way I could kind of get through that was to stop and go into meditation. And either I was needing to assimilate information that Archangel Michael was showing me or I just needed to take – a break so they could teach me something else to move forward. But I have never had that experience in writing before that all of a sudden I would be so tired I couldn't even keep my eyes open. I'd go into meditation and get a downpour of additional information. And I have heard from people that have read my book that they've had the same experience (laughs) that as they're reading a, a particular part, they either get kicked out energetically, so they have to stop and take a break, or they're drawn to go into prayer or meditation. So it's so cool to me that those experiences that I had with spirit, the readers are getting experiences as well. I love that. Yes, the energy is flowing. And I really can't talk into that too much because I naturally fall asleep while I'm reading. So I can't okay, say if it, was, if it was Michael's energy or what. But I also work with Michael and Raphael very closely. And um, mm-hmm. what I recognize is um, I've asked them to tone it down, but I used to get such heat from the middle of my back and then through my whole body. And then somebody told me, oh, no, that's because Archangel Michael is really close to you and really heating you up. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I really can't recall as I was reading the book if um, if I was rather sleepy more than usual. So that's mm-hmm. really interesting. I love how that happened. Yeah, it was entertaining so I, for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it, it really. And and like I said, all the different modalities that I read in your book, 
I related to a lot of them, but then there was a lot that, oh, I want to learn more about this one. Nice. Great. Nice. Before yeah. we go further, I just want to share a few minutes. Um, uh, I'm reaching out for prayers for my mother. She has had cancer for two years, and her treatment stopped working. And I've been staying with her most of this week. And I took her to the doctor today because she's really um, not feeling well. She started a new treatment, and it's going to take time to start working. But um, please keep her in your prayers to help her um, help her body heal quickly with this new trial drug and keep her with us a while longer. Thank you so much for that, and thank you, Ruth, for letting me share that. Of course. Is there anything you would like to share that's not related to your book? How's the weather by you? Mm-hmm. You know, it's lovely. It's a it's a beautiful August day, but it's not so hot. Um, it's you can tell there's a little change coming in the air, so you know we'll be expecting fall at some point here. But no beautiful weather. Okay. Yeah, like I said earlier, it's really murder here. And while I couldn't be home and check up on my husband constantly, um, we were having solar panels put on the roof, and he had to keep on going outside to help the people working. And it's like, you need to stay indoors. (laughs) But Mm. he's resting now, and and he's feeling comfortable now and feeling, you know, the results of the heat. But... um, you know, I want to reach out and let everybody else know that um, when it's this hot out, you got to really take care of yourself besides, you know, in general taking care of yourself because right. this weather, unfortunately, an 11-year-old girl died yesterday in her car. Oh, that the mother okay. couldn't find her, and it's so sad. So, so sorry you know, that. pay attention to your family, pay attention to your symptoms, and don't go out in the heat. Would you like to add to that now? You know, we don't have heat like that. So I'm sorry y'all are living through that, but I, I don't relate very well to that. There's a reason I don't live where you live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and my husband wants to move to North Carolina. It's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> mm. But anyway, I pulled a cord. I haven't worked with this deck yet, so I'm going to be... Um, going to be interesting. It's the Wisdom of Avalon Oracle Cards by Colette Baron Reed. And they're set up similar to the tarot, which I'm not very familiar with. But this card, um, I'm thinking the number 36 has something to do with something going on with you or um, I'm hearing maybe the 36th page. Maybe there's something important. Um, I'm going to write that down and look it up, that maybe there's something on the 36th page of your book that is really critical for people to really pay attention to. But movement is the name of the card, and it's showing a lot of scenery. Of The background is um, like the, the woods with the fall seasons coming up and a lake possibly, and then in the front, this really gigantic rock. And on the rock, there's these um, swirling lines. And it, it's three swirling lines. And it's showing me that you might do things in threes. Um, that's, a, that's 
very strong in forefront threes and the number 36. So okay. after this, let me know. But um, what I'm seeing is the water is calm. And things with you are normally calm, but sometimes because of your sensitivity, and um, I'm sure you're an empath, you know, also, um, that when those times come, you forget to pr protect yourself. And being the empath, the sensitivity kind of overwhelms you. So at those times, you have to think about the calmness and think about that plain, fresh water, just laying on a lake and reflecting the beauty of everything around it. Does that make sense? Well, let me let me start. I pulled up page thirty six of my book. And okay. what I what I love is that page thirty six is blank. And I love wow. that. Catherine, I love that because I am working on a, a major project right now that I'm not at liberty to discuss other than to say my job with this major project is to just be open, be a blank slate to whatever spirit is providing for me and showing me. So that, wow. that's perfect. I'm going to go with that. I'll hang my hat on that. I got major goosebumps on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and how about doing things in threes? Does that make sense? I would have to think about that. I, I don't know. Okay. okay. You can let me know at another time. It's something that can sit with you. You know, we don't always come full circle with our readings and know exactly what they mean, but it comes through. Um, right. So let's, let's play with the lake idea for a minute because I'm yeah. actually not an empath. I'm actually no. not. Huh? I'm not. Okay. I'm really, I'm really good about not owning other people's energy or emotions or expectations or judgments. I'm, I'm actually really solid about that. So describe that card again. It's a peaceful lake. Yeah. And there's a rock. A there's a big rock there. A very large rock. If you're standing in front of it, it's about two feet tall. Okay. And it's got three slits squiggly lines on it, and just looking at it, it's making me feel like some sort of Indian-type um, messaging or something like that. I, I don't remember everything in your book. Did you also talk about um, Indian burials and stuff like that? No, no, no. So where is the lake in relation to this rock? The rock is on the edge of the lake. It's like the lake is going into a river. So the rock is blocking some of the water, and it's going around the rock. I'm okay. having a All feeling, right. though, that this is also meant for me because I was just okay. upstate in Lake George last week for my anniversary, mm -hmm. and it looked pretty much like this picture. That was the first book okay. that I had. <laughs> yeah. So let so, me put another part. Well, I'm going to own part of that card. I'm, I will own part of that scenery. And here's how okay. I'm, because of course I can't see that card. So here's how I'm intuitively understanding that card, okay, uh -huh. for me. I have the option 
of allowing that rock to keep me from this beautiful lake. Right? I can use it as a stumbling stone. I can use it as a distraction so I don't actually make the progress that I'm wanting to to get to this beautiful lake. Or I have the option to climb up on that rock and use it as a diving board into this amazing lake and just make it an adventure and make it awesome. So that's how I'm going to interpret that card for me. And I love that. That's great. So I, I kind of had it with the calmness and, you know, and whatever. Um, still keep in mind about the threes because I'm feeling, you know, very strong about that. But I love the diving board and going into there. And, you know, and um, when we first started talking, we were talking about the fall and everything. And that's what this picture looks like. It's like the, the fall is coming. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. sure it is. <laughs> it, there's a lot of shadows that don't look like related to the trees in the background. And mm -hmm. I, I don't remember who talks about it, but there's something about shadow work. Do you know about that? Um, so in my book, in um, Walking with Spirit, I had to experience viewing the shadow side, viewing the low-level energies of hell, um, of people with very low-level energies. And I needed to see it so I could understand the entire um, range of energetic vibrations from very high to very low. And um, I didn't need to stay in it. I didn't need to embrace it and call it mine, but I had to be aware of it. And I could only be aware of it if I got into it and looked at it. So my guess is that the shadows on this picture are representing um, a what I had to see, that there is the entire gamut of vibrational frequencies and how people react and how it impacts people's souls and spirits and bodies, by the way. Um, and then I think also with this endeavor that I'm working on, that it will have the ability to impact people that are standing in the shadows and enable them to step out of the shadows and into the light. So that's how I'm interpreting that. I love it. That's beautiful. I knew that I was going to focus on something that really came to be. And, you know, being, like I said, that it didn't look like the shadows from the trees. It's all very shadows. It represents what you said, the different modalities that you had to experience. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So you did more than I did, but <laughs> we, we did that together. Thank you. We did it Would together. Would you like me That's to still tell you about the next one? Oh, sure. This is fun. So this one is number five. I'm not feeling a very strong pull, but maybe you want to look in your book at that too, page five. Oh, oh sorry. I forgot. This. Okay. Okay. Innocence. Beginner, ignorance, new skill without practice, unstable curiosity. So that confirms that you're working on something new. But, yes, I am. <laughs> um, okay. But this is a person um, wearing a, a big, long, like a, um, a maxi coat, um, 
And the colors are mostly like a um, grayish brown and then light green in the background. And she's leaning on a tree that's going in so many different directions, and it's really old, this tree. And again, we have those rocks in the background. That's very interesting. But now mm -hmm. they're on both sides of the pod. And she's also wearing a cape that's flowing behind her. Love so it. Okay. I feel like... I feel like she's kind of standing still for right now, saying, okay, you know, this path has so many different ways for me, and I could mm -hmm. climb on the tree, and I could take this path, and I could take that path. But in the end, every path goes to the same ending, and the outcome is still going to be the same. It's like you're taking different journeys, and everything that you've gone through and written about in your book, that I feel there's still so much more that you're going to journey yourself. So um, be prepared for that. And okay. Again, can I add? Like can I add to that? Those, those, the rocks are, um, you know, boulders. They're actually boulders, and mm -hmm. they're like parting the way for you to make a decision which way you want to walk. So okay. how's that? I like it. Okay. And I'm going to add to that. So okay. how, many, like, how many boulders are there? Are they, are they actually, like, could These they block up. my way if I let them? Or they've been broken down already? They've already been broken down, and they're, they're kind of... One is like to the left about a foot, and the other one is about five feet behind on the right. Okay. And they're broken right. up into smaller boulders. There you go. Okay. So here's how I'm interpreting that card. So okay. the boulder, so, and this is again about this enterprise that I'm working on. And the uh -huh. boulders have been broken down because I might have thought, yesterday or last week that there was something insurmountable and I didn't know how to get around it. I didn't know how to cut through it. But because of my perseverance, they have been cut down to, I can just step over it now. Those aren't, those aren't barriers at all. Right. And so this, this tree is the enterprise. Now, let me just say, that cape, I have been told that I am at this point almost like a, a cosmic, if you will, or um, spiritual superhero in the sense that spirit is working through me. I'm a conduit, and it's working through me very quickly, and a lot is getting done very quickly. The one wouldn't be able to imagine that that could happen. So there is a sense of feeling a little like a superhero. So I will take that cape and wear it proudly. Um, the tree, good. yeah, the tree is actually this, this enterprise, this project that I'm working on. And I'm holding space for the tree to become whatever it's going to become. And each one of those, you said it's growing out in all kinds of crazy directions, and that is so accurate, you have no idea. And each of those branches that's going off in crazy directions are all real things and with real people attached and real um, reach and possibility 
attached and I'm holding space. I'm not creating any one of those things, but holding space, allowing spirit to create the growth and the life in this tree so it can produce its own growth in the branches. Does that make sense? Wow. Yes, it does. Okay. That's exactly, I didn't explain it like you, but yes, that's exactly what I felt. Cool. And, and I have to add because some of the branches even have more of their own branches. It's almost like a family tree, the way it's set up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where yep. one branch goes out and then branches out to more and branches out to more. And that's exactly the way you explained it, yes. Mm-hmm. So without even yep. seeing it, wow, that's great. Mm-hmm. So you have movement with page 36, and that yep. was the oh. blank slate, and the yep. novice. And, yep, and, and you, you wanted to know, five? yeah, page okay. 5, the title on page five, it's chapter one, and it's about, be, it's called Becoming the Message. So Spirit has worked in me, I'm guessing all my life, but I really was really only cognizant of it the last five years. And Spirit provides messages for me to then put out into the world. And part of that has been that I needed to become the message. It wasn't just enough to put the message out there. I needed to embody and become the message. And that's exactly what's been happening in my life. Page five. Wow, that is beautiful. I, I feel like a tenth of what you're explaining because I've seen spirits all my life. I've had all the beliefs and everything. But for me, it's only been really the last five years that, oh, my goodness, I'm feeling these connections. I'm seeing these things. I'm feeling these things. And, you know, now I'm starting to have actual visions of what's going to be. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm just open to it. Whatever God wants me to do, I'm here. Page 36. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to go and put page 36 right in front of me later on. (laughs) There we go. There we go. I love that. Yes, yes. So why, well, let me ask you first. Would you like me to call you Ruth or Dr. Ruth? Ruth is fine. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. I just didn't want to step on your toes. No, no. Okay. So um, why don't you lead, um, go into what you just said. It's been more of the past five years. So what experience did you have through your life that you recognized brought you to this? Sure. So growing up, I, I was connected to God or the Holy Spirit, Jesus, mm-hmm. sort of a combination, and I wasn't really always sure who was which. Um, and I would have intuitive experiences, and nobody else in my family had them, so, you know, I, I kind of got them shushed under the rug, and I didn't spend that much time paying attention to them, but when I had them, they just, like, stuck in my brain. So my first book 
which is called One Love Divine Healing at Open Clinic, I actually talk about those childhood energetic experiences because they're as clear in my brain today as 50 years ago when I experienced them. And that's, what, that's how spirit talks to us, right, in extremely vivid pictures and yeah. um, emotions, senses, etc. So that was my growing up. And um, then I had a beautiful dear friend. Her name was Sylvia. She and I taught together. And we were best friends of 20-some years, 26 years. And Sylvia, we used to teach together, and then I moved um, out of state. And she would always come to be with me for Thanksgiving. And we would cook together for 28 people, you know, 25, 28 people. So she was my backup support. She was my sous chef. We'd go grocery shopping together. And it was a beautiful gift. And I I adored it. So in 2012, she let me know she couldn't come join me for Thanksgiving because her brother was ill in Hawaii and dying of cancer. So she needed to be in California so she could just like hop on a plane if she needed to. And it crushed me. I mean, I understood it. I I absolutely understood it, but I was so sad. And Thanksgiving morning, I was woken up with a dream, which I thought was a dream, but, you know, now that I know more about spirit, I know it wasn't. It was a premonition. And in my dream, Sylvia's sister-in-law called me and told me that Sylvia was fatally ill in the hospital. And I couldn't shake that dream. I, like, cried all day, A, because I missed her, and B, because this dream was just too real. And I couldn't contact her. I tried to call her several times through the day, and I couldn't contact her. That next morning, Sylvia's sister-in-law called me and told me that Sylvia had had a stroke at the Thanksgiving table. And oh it was God. a massive, yeah, it was a massive stroke. She was in the hospital. She was paralyzed on half of her body. So I flew to California, and um, she, she was so impacted by this stroke. And honestly, thank God it did not happen at my house because yeah. she would have been stuck here instead of being where her family was. So thank God it happened the yeah. way that it did. Um, so over the next four and a half months, I would be back here in my hometown and I would get premonitions about what she was going through. She couldn't talk on the phone. All I could do was communicate through her family or by calling the nurses. And of course, they don't really want to tell you anything. So I was getting information intuitively. And every three weeks or so, I would go out and be with her. And so I was Actually, in four, four months, I was out there, I think, 13 times because wow. I, had a, I had a life at home, but I had to be with her. I mean, we have a, we have a soul contract. I had to be with her. And yeah. um, she died four and a half months later, but she died of stomach cancer that none of us knew she had. Until, oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. She, we found out about a week before she died. And... This beautiful woman held on to life. The doctors pulled me out into the hall and they said, we don't know why she's still alive. <laughs> she, she just won't die. It was, it was amazing, yeah. but she, she wasn't ready. So I was right. with her when she passed, 
And the morning that she passed, um, she, she died, um, well, she died at like 10 o'clock at night. So the next morning, I'm driving to the airport to come back to be with my family. And I'm driving on this, the freeways of Los Angeles, and I'm sobbing. I'm just like out of control, sobbing. And I'm hoping the drivers in the cars next to me aren't paying attention. Um, and then all of a sudden, there was a rustling in the back seat. And I'm alone, right? I mean, I, I know I'm alone, and there's somebody in the back seat. And I kind of panicked. I know I stopped breathing. And I thought, so what do I do? I mean, do I pull off on the freeway? I don't know where there's a police station. I don't, I don't know what to do. And then I looked in the rearview mirror, and it was Sylvia and her husband. And he had passed away, too, and they were both in spirit in the back seat. Oh my goodness. And yeah, and he looked happy as could be and she looked exhausted and content. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so that was the first day that she passed and then like the 3 months she stayed in my home. Wow. I would she the dog Jack, God bless him, would sit on the stairs in the living room. And that's where she used to sit to pet him. And he would just sit there and make these really weird noises. I mean, it wasn't a bark, it wasn't a growl, but he was like talking to her. And, he, and he's always like on our lap, but he was in the other room on the third step with her. Wow. And, and I told her she could stay in my home as long as she wanted. Whenever, wherever I had a home, she could stay. And after about three months, she, she passed. She literally went. Um, but she was with me when I planned her celebration of life, literally next to me at the computer. And I, she would say things like, well, what about the old rugged cross? And I say, well, that's a great song. Should we do that? You know, and she'd go, yeah. And keep in mind, she's in spirit, right? And she'd say, well, right. what about amazing, amazing grace? We had that at Cliff's funeral. It's like, yeah, great. Awesome. So, and then I'm going through the photos on my computer to put together the slideshow and she would say things like, well, don't you have any of me without sunglasses? (laughs) Oh, golly. (laughs) Okay. Or she would say, well, what about when we were in Tahoe? Don't you have any good photos from then? I mean, that was the level of conversation that we had. And even when I was, I created the little program that you hand out to people and I thought I had it all done. And I tried to save it on my computer, and it wouldn't save. And I went, okay, oh Phil, so, so what's the matter with it? You don't like the font? Do you want me to change the font? So she had me change the font, and it still wouldn't save. And I said, okay, so what else is wrong with it? She didn't want black ink. She wanted midnight blue, and that was her favorite color. So it was like, of course, as soon as I switched it to midnight blue, it saved. Wow. So she, she planned her celebration of life. <laughs> and this was all before I understood anything about intuition or energy. Wow. So I started well, before thinking... You go, before you go any further, yeah. I just want to interject a little bit because it's interesting because my father passed in December 2012 and in October had major surgery and I was had to sleep on the couch because we had a water bed I couldn't sleep in. And Mm -hmm. 
within the first three days, he showed up and he was standing at the end of the, um, the pull-out couch. Mm-hmm. And he was full body. He was looking at me. I recognize, okay, I see that you're here, Daddy. Thank you, whatever. And then from then forward, again, as you just said, three months, my father stayed with me for three months. I didn't oh. see his body. I saw his energy field, and he sat on the couch every night when I slept. And it was three months. That's very interesting. interesting. Yes, I wonder. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there isn't something about that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I started seeking out psychics that could help explain to me what I'd been experiencing. I mean, in my heart, I knew what I had experienced, but I really needed to hear it from somebody else. And I sought four different women, and they each said the same thing. You need to take classes. You need mm-hmm. to understand this and know how to work with it. And I couldn't find a teacher that I trusted. Um, and it, yeah, it took me, I think a year, year and a half to find someone I trusted. And once I found her, then I took two years, two and a half years straight and became a reverend, became, became an ordained and then a licensed minister and be, you know, Reiki master and then Reiki master and Holy Fire Reiki and, you know, lots of classes. I just was like sucking up everything I could possibly find. Yeah. And during this time, I was meditating a lot. And I was seeing things in meditation that my classmates weren't and my teacher wasn't. And... But, but I loved it, and I kept going back and having these experiences. And it was Archangel Raphael was a big one, and Archangel Michael, and, and Archangel Gabriel. So I see Gabriel as female. I see Gabriel. Um, but they would take me on journeys in meditation to see things. And they taught me every morning I was in school. And then they said, be writing these things down. So I did. And then they said, I think it was Michael probably because he tells me the most what to do, write a blog. And I said, what's a blog? (laughs) I didn't know. Um, And so I started writing them up in these little vignette formats. That's when I started that. So um, I started doing that. And then he said, create a website. And I said, well, okay, here's the deal. I said, I am happy to learn anything you want to show me. I am happy to write anything down, but I am not going to waste my time learning how to create a website. You have to drop somebody in my lap if that's going to happen. And like two days later, somebody gave me the name of somebody, and and it was perfect. So, So I had the website up. Well, then Spirit says, write a book. And again, I said, I am so happy to help with all this, but you bring somebody with me. You bring them to me to write, to not write it, but to publish it. And they did. And so then after that, it was, so you really should be on the radio talking about these experiences. I said, cool, bring me somebody. And I was working with a marketer and she was helping me things like, you know, Amazon promotions and, you know, that kind of thing. And so I, I texted her and I said, okay, I need you to please find me some radio shows 
to speak on. And she did. Uh-huh. Within three months, I'd been on like 13 different shows. Then Spirit says, you should have your own radio show. I said, okay, bring it. <laughs> just just yeah. bring it. And you, you, what you don't know about me is that I was um, very introverted. And I was not comfortable before sharing my politics, sharing my religion, really letting anybody into my inner circle. And spirit was changing that about me. And it needed to be changed about me for me to do this work. But it took a long time. It was, there was a lot of chiseling down of my exterior that needed, needed to be tweaked. So, you know, all of this is sort of happening at the same time. So um, one of the interviews that I was a guest on was with International Angels Network, and it was Susie Parrott. She's a um, radio host out of London. And I, I heard, contact them, see if they're taking hosts. So I got on, online, and um, I, it said, we're not taking any hosts. <laughs> and I thought, well, okay, but I'm supposed to reach out, so I'm just going to reach out. Yeah. So Claudia Ibarra, who is the founder and producer of International Angels Network, she calls me, and she said, the angels told me to reach out to you. And Claudia mm-hmm. said, I told them I was going to wait for you to come to me. Ah. And there I was. Amazing. And I've been, I've been with them ever since. So that was Jan, just January of this last year. So since then, I've done a show every week. And um, it has, my show has morphed. It's changed. So the first 15 or so weeks was an e-book club of my first book. So every week we would take a different chapter and I have the audio recordings of each chapter. So I'd play that and I would ask homework questions. I would have a guest speaker in to talk about the concepts from that, from that chapter. So that was the first 15 weeks. And then since then I've been doing um, mini sessions on a topic. So um, Spirit said, um, do a mini session, which I didn't even know what a mini session was, and I didn't know what an ebook club was, but you know, their spirit's got great ideas, and I'm just going with them. Yeah. Um, so the first one was, a, I think it was four weeks on um, life, death, and beyond. And Spirit brought me folks to interview and have on my shows for those four weeks. And then there was a five week session on stepping into your power and spirit brought me a beautiful woman um linda dirks to provide five weeks so we co-hosted those and then there was a um i think it was four or five weeks on getting to know divine mother and now i'm in the middle of a um the amazing world of reiki mini series so i'm having so much fun Catherine, with doing these shows and getting to know other radio hosts by having them on my show. So that's a long yeah. story to tell you how I, I got that. to where I am. Yeah, I, I love that, Ruth, because um, me too, you know, we, we interview with people and, and we interview others. And it's amazing when you really pay attention, the same circle that we kind of all travel in. Mm-hmm. And, 
that's a beautiful story because um, coming from knowing when you were younger that, you know, there was more to life than what everybody else let you see, and then all of a sudden having that shock to your your mind seeing your friend in your back seat, that's beautiful. And yeah, it was then quite something. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, you know, I've seen my father several times. Um, the first time in the hospital with my mother, I was sleeping in the, um, the lounge, and my father stood right in the middle of the lounge to let me know he's there with her. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I see things, and, and, like, every day is a new adventure for me. And, yes. I, I, you know, I, I feel what you're explaining, and I love the feeling. And I'm so happy that you opened yourself to allow all of this and to share with the world. And congratulations on your show, because that is Thank wonderful. You. I love the format of that. You know, like you said, you, you do things in segments, and I love, I just love that concept. It, it makes things so much easier. It does. And I think it's nice for the readers or the listeners because if they're really interested in Reiki, then they can just pay attention to those particular five shows rather than not knowing what's coming up on a, on a given show. Right, exactly. And like you said, four and five weeks, that's really so easy. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, I don't want to pick up a book to learn about this. Oh, I can listen and I can learn this way. That is wonderful. Right, right. I really want to educate folks and just mm-hmm. share with them the learnings that I've had and the learnings that other light workers have had. So there really is an educational component to my show. That's that's very important to me. Yes, and that's what I feel, and that's what I'm saying, that somebody wants to learn it is so easy instead of, oh, now I have to read a book again, and I have to learn from the book. Am I mm-hmm. going to absorb it? When you're listening to somebody, you know, just like our conversation now, I can feel and I can see everything that you're talking about, and you, you, you feel like you're experiencing it so it's, it goes deeper cool. into the soul. Very nice. Thank you for saying that, yes. Catherine. You're welcome. So you mentioned earlier about Open Clinic. I remember reading about it, and I am very interested in it. So please, please share with my listeners what that is. Of course. So um, the first book, um, One Love, Open Divine Healing at Open Clinic, was fascinating because as I was doing meditation and Archangel Michael or Gabriella Raphael would take me places to see things, they took me to this open air place, monstrously large, no no barriers, no boundaries. And I was told it was open clinic. And I was told that it was open clinic because it was open all the time. And any soul with or without a body, could go there for healing. And the healing would be provided by the archangels and Divine Mother. And I was given a minister's robe. And I was given a ministry of being able to see what happens in open clinic and hold space for it while it's happening there and then come back and write about it. 
So that was, that was my ministry that I was given. And so in that book, um, One Love, Divine Healing at Open Clinic, I talk about my becoming a minister there and what I saw, what I witnessed. It's pretty cool. And I could tell who was a spirit with a body still versus who was a spirit that was no longer in a body. And I could see what they were there to have healed. And I could tell who healed them. And when they were gone, I would see them. Sometimes they were escorted out by an angel. And sometimes they just went off by themselves. But what was cool was the body, the ones that were still in a body, they were white souls that I saw, white spirits that I saw. The ones that were no longer in body were gray. So first of all, I could tell who was in a body. When those in body received the healing, they flew back as a white dove, back to the, the earthly realm. Wow. So, yeah, it was so cool. But anyway, a lot of little stories, a lot of those little vignettes in that first book talking about the things that I saw in Open Clinic. And what I, have, what I then learned with the information in the second book, we don't die. Our souls do not die when our bodies do. Our souls pass on and go into a place in the ethereal realm it's called the Cathedral of Souls. There are many levels to it, depending on your relationship with God, your personal level of um, connection to the higher consciousness. And we continue learning and having experiences out on this other realm. And then when we come back to Earth, so the, you know, it really buys into the whole reincarnation aspect, um, then we come back and learn something else when we come back through here. So anyway, if anybody's interested at all in the concept, I really encourage you to pick up the book or the um, Kindle or the audio um, on Amazon because it's really cool information. And I'm, I'm not just saying that because I wrote it. I'm saying it because I witnessed it. And I'm looking forward to reading that because I am very interested in it. You had said something that you wore a minister's robe. And remember I was trying to figure what this woman with the tree uh, the was cape. wearing? Uh-huh. Well, she was it like a cape. minister's robe? Uh-huh. It's like a minister's robe, yes. And then the cape cool. is over that. Oh, wow, I've got both. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, you got both of them. I love Amazing. that, Catherine. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah, I like I said, I was struggling. What can I explain this as? But that's what it is. It's the minister's robe. That. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, Catherine, would you do me a favor and take a photo of those both oh, of those cards and mm-hmm. and get them to me? Most definitely. I will right. email I them it. to you. Uh, cool. This way, Thanks. you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. 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 It'll, it'll be fun to see if they look like what they look like in my head or if they look right. different than that. That'll be fun to see. Yes, definitely. And then let me know what you think after that. Okay. Um, so what has been your greatest reward in life? Hmm. Well, I've got an amazing family 
and amazing friends. And that, of course, is rewarding in itself. Um, but I think huge, a huge reward that I'm living daily is this connection that I have been able to embrace with the different members of the spiritual divinity. I, I can't imagine that there is actually anything on earth besides love that could possibly be better than that. Exactly. Exactly. And again, like I said, I only feel the 10% of it, and I would love to get to the same realm as you and feel all of that. You explained it so beautifully. Well, and you, you know, were talking about... Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, that's five years of a lot of time in meditation, right? Yes. I mean, whatever you put your time and your energy into, you're going to get pretty darn good at. <laughs> so yes. if, if that's what you want, Catherine, it's gonna, it just takes time. It takes time to develop a relationship, and that's what it is. Right. And <clears throat> I know I'm going to get there. And, you know, I have a, a little piece of paper in my wallet that says timing is everything, and that is the bottom line. Right. But um, you mentioned family, and, you know, in the beginning I talked about my mother and the, um, the negative aspect of life. But now the positive aspect of life is that on Sunday night I became a great-grandmother again. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, and his name is Mason John. I haven't seen him yet because I've been with my mother, but I'll see him on the weekend. And he was nine pounds three ounces. So oh, he was that's a big baby. A nice, uh, that's a big baby. My first mm -hmm. one was nine pounds, and my third one was nine six. So I mm. had two infants, and I had one baby that was seven eleven. Wow. <laughs> I always say wow. that because. When they're that big, they're almost an infant. Right. <laughs> hey, Catherine, you know? can, I, can I add something to something that you said? Yes, you of course. You said, right, you were talking about the positives of life, and then you, you said, and then there's the negatives of life. And I want to reframe that for you, and I know, I know you know this, right? I'm just saying this to your listeners um, in case somebody can benefit from it. My father was diagnosed with mesothelioma, which is cancer of the lining around the lung from asbestos. And the doctor said, you know, like three to six months. And my father stuck it out a year. God bless him. And I remember thinking, I can either say this is horrible, this is like the worst day of my life that I'm having to go through this, or I can say, thank God I've got one more day with him to love him and protect him because I was protecting him in body at one point, you know, at some point because when he was unable to care for himself and I've got one more day to be his friend. It actually, that last year of his life was the most profound gift that he and I could have had. And so I know had he stayed in optimal health, we never would have found that sweet spot. Yes. That is beautiful. Yes. Um, 
No, I just didn't know the right word to choose. Um, I do talk about that on most of my shows related to the yeah. mental illness. I, I know you know. I know. <laughs> um, that everybody has to make sure that they make themselves come first because if they don't, then they're not going to be good to help other people. And um, thankfully, um, my health has gotten much better, and I have been able to take care of my mother this week and be with her. Now somebody mm-hmm. else is stepping in for me, and um, we actually, um, a week and a half ago, she said to me, can you take me to the casino before I have my treatment? So we were Aww. there like three hours, and she just kept winning and winning, and that's the kind of luck she has. And today she said to me, before I left the house, she said to me, you know what, you know I'm really feeling lousy when I don't even want to think about the casino. Aw, come on, Mom. Yeah. yeah. But you know what, she's a fighter, and yeah. she's gotten through it for two years already, and she's just got to put it in her mind that, yes, I am going to be here. She said, I'm going to be here a long time, a couple of weeks ago to me. So I do look at the aspect of, yes, I got to take it to the casino, and, and we, you know, we laugh, and, oh, my God, I get this. Oh, my God, look at this. I want that, you know, and, and Aww, it's just a fun sweet. time together. And, right. um, you know, it's just sad having to look at her struggle and, and feel as bad as she does because it's mm-hmm. like you're taking care of your child and you can't do anything for them. I yeah. know. It's hard. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. But there's, there's six of us. And um, one actually lives in her house, but he's not very healthy himself, so um, we all take turns to, to help my mother out, and I'm the one that's more flexible with my time. So um, I do look at it as a positive that I get to spend the time with her, and I'm, I'm really happy about that. So well, thank you from, for bringing from, that up. Yeah, for uh-huh. me, Catherine, my father was really introverted, so I'm guessing I got it from him. And he kept people at bay, except for my mother. She was the only one that really had the inner circle with him. And my father needed to learn before he died about love. And that included healing the relationships with his kids and letting somebody love him. That's something hard. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So while, yeah, while it is hard watching your mother go through this, there might be life lessons for her that she's still learning, and it requires her to not be able to do all that caring for herself. So who knows the spiritual life lessons that are happening for her. And you know what? Truthfully, just a few weeks ago she said to me, I am kind of scared about this, she says, but I've been seeing things and then they happen. I said, well, that's probably the next step in your journey. And, you know, yep. don't be afraid of it. Just embrace it. And, you know, yes, I don't know if she's still doing that because she doesn't feel enough to talk about much, but thank right. you for reminding me that. Yeah, well, you know, and two, when my father was, just the, the last two weeks before my father passed, he started sharing with me things that he was seeing that he had never seen before, 
or things that he had dreamt, you know, those dreams that are so real, 30, 40 years ago, and how it changed his life. So that that time of he can't go anywhere, he can't do anything, I'm just going to sit here and be with him, really gave us this amazing opportunity. It was crazy. I honestly believe the last month of my father's life was probably the best year of his life because of all the healing and the growing and the love that he experienced that last month. Wow. Yeah, it it was wild. And I'm so glad I got to experience it with him. It was such a bonding for the two of us. Yes, that is. And with my father, I miss sitting listening to him. He would always tell the stories about when he was in the war and, you know, everything else. And I would hear the same story over and over, but I loved listening to him. You know, so I miss that part. But... My mother kind of indicated that I think she's worried that her time is coming near, Mm -hmm. and that's why she's scared that she's seeing things. Right, right. So how nice she can talk to you about it, that you will have that conversation with her and say, you know, Mom, it could be, and that's normal. That, That helped my dad so much to hear that what he was going through was normal. Right. And that's, you know, that's what I told her. I said, well, you know, you're just like me. I, I came from you, and, you know, you, you're just starting later in life with experiencing this stuff. Right. You know, because right. I don't want to feed into her fear. Right. And by normalizing it, you're not feeding into her fear. You're helping allay her fear. So, yeah. so Catherine, and I, I know we're running out of time, but I just want yeah. to share with you one last story because it was okay. so touching for me. The day my father died, well, actually, the night before my father died, my father had a near-death experience. Mm. And he, you know, his breathing was so slow at that point that, you know, anytime he was asleep, you thought, well, he could just, die right now you know (laughs) and that that would be okay but he kind of woke up and he said I died I just died he said I was going down the the black corridor and I wanted to stay it was so lovely how do I get back whatever I need to do to get back help me do it and so wow, that was such a shock, right? So the next 18 hours, all he talked about was how do I get back there? So the night that he died, I was sitting next to him holding one hand and my sister was at the other side of him holding the other hand and he he was lucid till the last minute. I mean, a brilliant man and he was lucid. And he kept asking me questions. I became his spiritual counselor during his last hours, which I never would have seen coming. But he was asking me things like he could see that his soul was tied to his body with like this cord. And he was asking me, how do I untie it so it can leave my body? So he watched his own death and explained it to me as it was happening which couldn't have happened had we not built that relationship the last month. Right. 
wow. Yeah. Oh, yep. it's so much beauty that you experience. That's wonderful. Well, and you can do that with your mother, right? I mean, my dad knew he didn't have to do it alone if I was right there with him, talking with him about these things. It normalized it for him, and he knew he wasn't doing it alone. Okay. Thank you. And you can, you can do that for your mother. Yes. I appreciate that. But it because requires the conversations now. Right? To build that exactly. trust. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So um, I can bring up that subject again, which you were talking about, and have her elaborate with me. Yes. Thank you. What are you seeing, mm -hmm. Mom? <laughs> Does it look like anybody you know? Does it feel like anybody you know? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had dreams like that before, Mom, that... It made you think maybe somebody w had visited you that had already passed away. I mean, start asking some questions like that and see if she has any memories of anything from her growing up. Right, right. She has been talking more about things from her childhood. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. That's normal. Okay. Because some of the things like, oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I had to drive her to the city, you know, New York City, and it was an hour and a half drive. And as soon as we came up close to the city, she says, isn't it amazing how it just appears there? She says, I used to have to drive in here when Daddy had his hernia and I was pregnant with you. And she went on and on. It's like I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yep. My yeah. dad started talking about when he was a child. So okay. it's, that's part of it. I really do believe that's part of the process. Okay, thank you. I'm glad I said something. There's a reason for everything, right? And yes, the universe is. and God pulls it all together when it's supposed to be. That's right. And I love that that's part right. of it. <laughs> Timing's everything. Yes. So what is the most important thing that you want our listeners to take away from our conversation? I would love for all of your listeners to really understand that we are not alone, that the spiritual divinity are right there, willing and able to connect with us, and all you need to do is have an open heart and an open mind and just ask them. And then be quiet, because it's when we're quiet and willing to listen that they can reach out. Right. Yes. That is beautiful. And so when can we expect another book from you? Um, so actually, <laughs> I am completing, I'm, I'm actually turning one into the editor this week. So oh, when great. I was writing, okay. right, when I was writing Walking with Spirit, I was told that, no, actually I was writing twin books and to be incubating them both at the same time. So while Walking with Spirit just came out in August, here comes the twin. So um, this, sec this third one is called Listening to Light, Love Letters from Walking with Spirit. And it's 
the emotional lessons that I learned, the touching of my heart that happened while I was going through the process of experiencing the things in the, the second book. And it'll be coming out, I believe, in, on Kindle in January and in paper, oh. paperback by Valentine's. That's the, that's the plan. Okay, so when you are ready, please let me know, and I will advertise that for you and share with my audience. Thank you. That's very kind. Yes, good luck with that. So is there anything else that you would share, like to share, Ruth? Um, do you have a, a link that you would like to share for anybody to follow you? Sure. So my website is www.theministryonline.org or .com, and you can get on there and read about Open Clinic. Um, and then on Facebook, I'm at The Ministry Online. So Ruth Anderson and The Ministry Online. Okay. So the, last, the last message I would want to say is, I think a lot of people who are working with energy kind of work in a vacuum and they don't have other folks in their community that they can talk to about these things. And it's really important that you have someone that you can talk to about what you are experiencing on the spiritual level. So please reach out, take classes, do what you can to create a community and build a tribe because it's really very important. That is excellent information. And I would like to echo what you said but in regards to mental health, depression, and anxiety. If you feel like you want to reach out to somebody, don't be ashamed, don't be afraid, because when you reach out, that's when you start feeling better and the world becomes a better place for you. So mm -hmm. spiritually, mentally, physically, reach out and <clears throat> join the communities that are there. And also, like Dr. Ruth said, to um, create your own tribe and make a beautiful world. And us, one by one doing this, will really help the world. Right. So thank Absolutely. you, Ruth. I really, did, I really did enjoy it. And I'm looking forward to reading your other books because I was really intrigued with the one that I, I was um, requested to do the review of. And, oh, good. Um, good. Yeah. So well, any check it out on Amazon. Yes. Um, okay. You know, folks, folks are lucky to have you, Catherine. Those, that's my oh, parting words. I, I appreciate that. So again, thank you, Ruth, for sharing. And we had a lot of great information. And listeners, I hope that you follow through and listen to her on her her own radio show and follow her. Um, you can find links on my, um, my Facebook page when I release this recording. And you can continue following her because she's a very interesting person and I really did enjoy speaking with her. So everyone listening, thank you so much for your time and listening to everything that Ruth had to share. And as a reminder, you can check out my information on my website at www.catherinemlaub.com. I offer a free report on overcoming stress. 
if you would like me to speak at your event, please contact me at Catherine at CatherineMLab.com. If you're interested in a psychic reading or coaching with me, you can find information on my website too. We can talk on the phone, through Skype, email, or if you're local to Central Suffolk County, New York, in person. And again, you can find Dr. Ruth Anderson at www.themininstryonline.org. This is Catherine Lab. Have a wonderfully blessed day. Thank you for listening to our conversation. We hope that you found the discussion to be rewarding and inspirational, and you take action to create a healthier and happier personal environment for yourself and those you interact with. If you like this episode of The Celestial School, please listen again next time to learn more about how spirituality has guided others to advance their lives. We wish you the best on your personal journey.